1: Mark chapter 8, verses 27 through 29 tell us, And Jesus and his disciples went out into the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he questioned his disciples, saying to them, Who do men say that I am? And they told him, saying, John the Baptist, and others Elijah, but others one of the prophets. And he questioned them, But you... Who do you say that I am Peter answered and said to him, "You are the Christ." this is Matt Miller with Bill Lawson for the highlight of the Gospel of Mark from the life study of mark message number twenty six Bill welcome to the program
2: it's good to be back Matt Bill the
1: progress or the sequence in the Gospel of Mark is very important in today 's program we're going to continue to talk about the highlight of the Gospel of Mark this is our third program on this crucial subject. Can you review the background or the progression that leads up to this highlight in chapter 8?
2: I think it's quite good, Matt, what you were saying, that if we jump right into Mark chapter 8 for this program without looking at the first seven or so chapters of Mark, we can't see why this is a highlight. Why are we reaching a high peak here when we get into the revelation of the Lord's person and his work of death and resurrection? We have to realize that through the chapters of Mark, chapter 1 and all the way two, three, four, 3, 4, through up to 7 and 8, the Lord does a healing service there as a, a slave savior for sinners, right? He heals Peter's mother-in-law, and then another period of time he heals a paralytic, and then another time he heals a leper. So he's doing a lot of healing here. Then eventually he brings us to the point in Mark 7, where he has to expose the inward condition, the real inward condition of man, which is quite corrupt and quite evil. So after he exposes man's real situation of how corrupt we are, then he unveils himself as the bread and uh, food supply to us, to nourish us, to feed us, to supply us, to sustain us and take care of us. And then right after this, he Gets into the healing of our particular organs, not just the whole person, but the particular organs of the ears, the eyes, and the mouth. So these are particular healing cases. And then after our person is fully healed, not just in a general way, but in a very specific way in particular organs, then we are qualified to go to receive a revelation from him when he takes us, uh, the disciples, up to Caesarea Philippi.
1: Bill, that's a good uh, introduction. I just want to read one of the verses right before we get to this section on Caesarea Philippi and the unveiling of Christ as in his person and his death and resurrection. And it's verse 25 of chapter eight. And this is the end of those particular healings that you talked about that prepare us to receive this revelation. It says, after he laid his hands upon his eyes, the man looked intently and was restored and he began to see all things clearly. I really hope that some of our listeners would get to this point today. They would have a a particular dealing with the seeing to be able to see all things clearly. That's uh, the point that the Lord had brought them to in this progression. And that's where we are today in the life study of Mark. So let's go to Witness Lee now for his speaking, which was originally on December 27th, 1983.
3: When you come to chapter 8, you come to Caesarea Philippi. This is... The top step. And this step will extend from chapter 8 through chapter 9, even to the end of the book. This is the highlight. This is the top. From chapter 1, in the first healing, that was the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. From that initial healing, this book goes on, climbing to one step, then another. Then another. Then to the staff in exposing man's inward situation. Right? That became quite high. Then from there, the law began to show that uh, he was the bread, the life supply. After that, you have healings in particular way. You have the healing of uh, the ears, the mouth, the tongue, and eventually you have the healing of the eyes. Here you have a complete person prepared, qualified. Then the Lord brought these kind of persons out of the religious region to Caesarea Philippi, Peter, James, and John following the Lord Jesus all got to the highest step. Here their eyes got healed and the eyes could have the sight. The sight not to see the physical things, not to see the common things, but to see the divine things. The mysterious things, and uh, among all the divine and mysterious things are these three on the top. What three? Christ the person, then his all-inclusive death, and then his marvelous resurrection.
1: Okay, Bill, this is a great place for us to stop, and I think we need to stop here because we've come to the main site of these divine spiritual things, these mystical things, these three top items, Christ's wonderful person, which he revealed through Peter there, and then his all-inclusive death and his marvelous resurrection. Let's linger here in fellowship about these before we go on.
2: Right, Matt. These three things are giant matters in the divine revelation. We may touch a lot of secondary matters, but when you come to the very person of Christ, who he is in his person, and also what he accomplished in his work— then we're coming to the real things that really need our eyes open. I can remember back in December of 1983, that's about 22 years ago, I was there under Brother Lee's ministry listening to these messages there in Irving, Texas. It was a very cold winter, I remember, there in Texas. And I was astounded that how much is unveiled there concerning the Lord's person. You know, there, of course, Peter acknowledging that you are the Christ. Of course, if you look at the parallel passage in Matthew 16— Peter continues to say, the Son of the living God. So the person of Christ refers to his being the Christ, which is in Greek the anointed one or the appointed one of God. God in the person of Christ anointed this very Christ to be the one to build the church and the Church is built on Christ as the Son of the Living God in His divinity. So here in His person, you have the Christ, the Anointed One. He's qualified. He's appointed by God to build the Church. Then you have His divinity as the Son of the Living God, which gives Him the qualification to build the Church. This is just His person side. But then you have the side of His work, and that involves His death and resurrection. If you remove the death and resurrection of Christ, I mean, The Christian faith would just collapse. We would have nothing to believe in. Death is all-inclusive death because he terminated every negative thing in the universe. Then after he terminates everything negative, then he replaces the terminated one with his very self in resurrection as the life-giving spirit. So this is really the highlight of the divine revelation. We have to see, eventually, in our Christian experience, the person of Christ and his all-inclusive work of death and resurrection.
1: And, you know, Witness Lee pointed out, Bill, that these things are impossible for the natural man to understand. I mean, we're talking about the person of Christ, his death, his resurrection, the very pillars, the foundation of the Christian faith. Without this, there is no Christian faith. Uh, I want to read a verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, which the Apostle Paul says, But a soulish man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he is not able to know them because they are discerned spiritually. So we hope our listeners today have a spiritual hearing and are not listening in a natural way. Let's go back to Witnessly.
3: Christ, His death, and His resurrection. These are the three things on the top in this realm of the divine and mysterious things, which are absolutely hidden from the natural mind. As Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians. Things in the divine realm, the natural mind can never apprehend, can never see. Even today, the Jewish scholars are still studying who Jesus was. What was his crucifixion? Dear saints, these three things, Christ with his death and resurrection, is all the replacement in the entire universe. He replaces everything. He replaces Moses. He replaces Elijah. He replaces you. He replaces me. He replaces all of us. He replaces our self. He replaces our soul. He replaces our mentality. He replaces everyone, everything, every matter in the entire universe. He is... The entire and all inclusive replacement. When he revealed his death and resurrection to Peter and the other ones, Peter got confused. The Lord went down to tell him that he himself should be denied. You know, what is to be denied? That is to be replaced. Peter? Since you saw Christ, you have to be replaced by Christ. You have to go and let Christ to be you. You have to go. You have to be denied. You have to realize a replacement has been prepared here. It's no more you to leave but Christ to leave. And within yourself is that evil heart. That will be the actual living. If you live by yourself, could you follow me? If you are going to be delivered from that can evil living, you need to be denied, and to be denied simply means you need to be replaced replaced by the Christ
1: Bill as witness Lee was. Describing the conversation that the Lord was having with Peter, and how Peter he was just confused there about, Lord, you know, don't go to the cross, right? Don't do that, Lord. Far be it from you. And and the Lord's trying to explain to Peter, no, Peter, you don't understand, right? And I, I couldn't help but think of the Apostle Paul's word in Galatians two twenty. I just want to read it here, and yeah. and then uh, we can fellowship more. I am crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live. But it is Christ who lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith, the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. It really seems like uh, it's hard to know how Christ could replace us apart from the revelation of his death and his resurrection, and that's What the Lord was trying to make clear to Peter, wasn't it?
2: That's right. Of course, Peter took the Lord aside, rebuked him, saying, Not so, Lord, this shall not be unto you. Of course, the Lord had to, to straighten Peter out in kind of a definite way. But the Lord was trying to bring Peter and the other disciples into the realization that he, the Lord is the universal and unique replacement of everyone. So in a sense, you have the revelation there of Christ, the Son of the living God, but Peter still didn't see the way that the Lord would replace everyone, And Peter did not realize it's through the Lord's death and resurrection. Without the Lord's death and resurrection, we have to, first of all, that has to be a revelation to us. We have to see the Lord does everything. He deals with everything negative through his death, and then he replaces us. He becomes the life-giving spirit in resurrection, right? And then he comes into us, and then subjectively he begins to replace us, because then, with a life-giving spirit within us, we can deny the self. We can deny the natural man. We can deny ourselves. We can deny the thoughts. And then, subjectively and practically speaking, we can be replaced. As Brother Lee shared, the only way we can be replaced is to acknowledge that we need to deny ourselves and then we practically apply that uh, to allow Christ to do the living thing.
1: It's really a, a great sequence here, Bill. And as we get to the conclusion of today's program, I it's kind of like a crescendo to me because the way the Lord arranged this is just amazing how he unveils himself first in his wonderful person with his all inclusive death, his marvelous resurrection. Peter's not clear. He's confused. So then he's trying to explain to Peter, you've got to deny yourself, Peter. If you're going to come after me, you've got to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. And still it's not quite so clear. So what he does, and I'm going to read the verses, he takes them up to the mountain. And he gives them another picture that is a great ending to this program on, on being replaced by Christ. So let me read the verses from Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and brought them up alone into a high mountain privately. And he was transfigured before them. And his garments became sparkling, exceedingly white, such as no fuller on earth could whiten them. And Elijah with Moses appeared to them, and they were conversing with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tents, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he didn't know what to answer, for they had become extremely frightened. And a cloud appeared, overshadowing them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my Son, the Beloved, hear him. Here's Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's program and the Father's word, This is my Son. Hear him.
3: His death has included you and it has cruise value on the cross. Now, what you need is just to realize such a fact and apply this fact to your living. This is to bear the cross. This is to take the cross. To take the cross simply means to admit that you have been terminated by Christ's death. When you would apply this, resurrection comes in. In resurrection, in your daily living, this crucified and resurrected Christ, who is now the life-giving spirit, whenever you would apply Christ's cross upon you, Right way, the spirit, the life-giving spirit, as the reality of Christ's resurrection comes in to be the real replacement. Amen. Then you could say, My, I have been crucified. Now, no longer I, but Christ lives in me. You need to see this. Then you would say, Amen. Amen, Christ. Amen Amen to the death of Christ. Amen Amen to the resurrection of Christ. Amen. Amen. I am terminated. No more I, but Christ, who is the entire replacement of the entire universe. God doesn't want Moses, neither Elijah, nor you, nor me, neither your flesh, yourself, your heart, Whatever. God doesn't want this. God only wants Christ. Christ is the replacement. Christ, Christ, Christ. This is my beloved. Hear him. Don't hear Moses. Don't hear Elijah. Even the more, don't hear yourself. Hear him. Don't hear your emotion. Don't listen to your mind. Don't listen to your will. Don't listen to what you think. Don't listen to what you imagine. Don't listen to what you love. Don't listen to what you did there. But listen to Christ. This is my beloved. That means this is my favorite. This is the replacement of you. Nothing should have any ground in your entire living. Every inch of your entire living should be given to Him.
1: Bill, that's a great word from Witness Lee to end his speaking on today's program, that every inch of your entire living should be given to Him. God only wants Christ. But it's but just so we're clear, Bill, I'd like to end here. How do we get from Christ's death and resurrection being revealed to us with his wonderful person to the point of Christ gaining our entire living.
2: That's really a marvelous thing, Matt. When we realize we have to have the revelation, first of all, that this one is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that his desire, his intention is to completely replace us in every way, our mind, emotion, and will, our natural man, our self, our soul life have to be absolutely denied for Christ to come in and replace us with his resurrection life. But it's one thing to see that, to have a revelation of that, is another thing in our daily life to practice that. So I really appreciate Brother Lee there in his word about saying amen. You know, many times we try to do what the word says and it doesn't work. But if we would just receive the revelation and just say amen to what the Lord wants. The Lord says, I want to reap you, We just say practically, amen, Lord, replace me in my job, at work, at school, at home, driving the car, whatever I'm doing, Lord, I deny the self that you may do the living. Lord, I say amen, that uh, you don't want me, you don't want my religious nature, you don't want anything about me, you want Christ. So we can apply that every day. We can speak to the Lord, we can pray, we can talk to the Lord, we can acknowledge Lord, you are everything I am nothing i deny the self i deny my own thoughts lord i only want you i think this can really help us matt in a very practical way to realize the person and work of christ and in a very practical way in our life and living we can be those who really deny the self and allow the resurrection life of christ to be lived out of us. He comes into our spirit, right? Then when we deny the natural man, the soul, the self, and so on, then he can spread into our mind, spread, take over our emotions, right? Go further into our will and take over our entire inward being by his resurrection life. And the reality of that resurrection life, as Brother Lee said, it's just a life-giving spirit. Then he works. He operates when we deny the self, when we cooperate with the Lord to deny the mind, emotion, will, the self, the soul, all of this, then the Lord as the resurrection life, right, realized as the life-giving Spirit can come in and really be the universal replacement to all that we are.
1: Bill, I... uh... As you're speaking, I feel like these are really the divine things, the spiritual things that Paul said the natural man just does not understand. It's impossible for a soulish man to understand. But the good news is there's a spirit in man. Amen. And the spirit in man does know the things of the Spirit of God. That's right. You know, this matter of saying amen to God's word, I just want to read one more verse for our listeners wherever they are. To say amen to this. This is the Lord's word. This is not our word. This is uh, Mark chapter 8, verse 35. For whoever wants to save his soul life shall lose it. But whoever will lose his soul life for my sake and the gospels shall save it. And then the verse before that in 34, he called the crowd to him with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Lord, you want to terminate me? You want me on the cross? Amen. Amen. And then the Lord comes in as the life-giving spirit to enliven us. Right. What a wonderful uh, picture that we have here that God wants Christ. Who doesn't want Moses and Elijah? He doesn't want all that. He wants only Christ. Right. Hear him. Bill, thanks for coming in today. We've run out of time. Okay. And thank you also for joining us. We hope that you've been able to appreciate these divine and spiritual things in the, the gospel of Mark to see his wonderful person, his his work through his death and his resurrection, and are able to say amen to him in whatever circumstance he would lead you so you could find him as the life-giving spirit right now. If you'd like to get more information from us, you can call us at one 888 Life Study. We'd love to send you the printed copies to give you more information, how you can find out online. All this information is available on the internet. Or send an email to radio at lsm.org. I hope you'll join us again for our next program. We've got more Riches in the Life Study of Mark. On behalf of Bill Lawson, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today.
0: Witness Lee's remarkable commentary on the life of Abraham, taken from the life study of Genesis, is now available from Living Stream Ministry in a single volume entitled Abraham Called by God. Abraham Called by God by Witness Lee is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-543-3788.